Amanda and I'm Kristen and we are the extra sisters so sit back relax and let's get creepy welcome to episode 138 and in this episode we have a well it's not really a trilogy they said it was going to be a trilogy and then they made another one so we're going to talk about scream 3 in this episode and of course we have obviously we're we don't do films if we haven't talked about the other ones in the series first so we have talked about scream and scream 2 if you go back and look at those or listen to those first or if you don't really give a shit they're pretty much all the same so but like not in a bad way you know yeah exactly i I don't say that in like a just watch the same movie you do but also scream does it well because wes craven does it well right and also because they don't take themselves too seriously Mm -hmm. one of the film that i will say i watch the same movie over and over and sometimes gets a little tiring is like friday the 13th Mm -hmm. but i like the way scream does it more than i like friday the 13th for example because this doesn't take itself too seriously. And I'm not saying Friday the 13th does, because obviously they can't if they're going to do shit that they do. Right. But this one literally made itself within itself. Mm-hmm. You know, they made fun of it themselves within the movie because they were making a movie in the movie. Right. Which I loved. They made Scream 3 and Scream 3, you know? <laughs> so right. They made Stab 3 and Scream 3. So, which... I- is just the best and these are so fun in my opinion and they also bring back all of the same characters so you're not watching a slasher with all new people like you know with a lot of these other slashers it's the same premise and same killer but with a whole new set of people to die and this one Mm -hmm. you're rooting for the same people you've been rooting for for now three movies Sydney Prescott, Dewey, Gail Weathers even you kind of give a shit about her still even though in the first one you hated her so you still have that emotional connection to these characters and they still bring them through to scream three and you even get to see a little bit of randy Mm -hmm. which even though he died right he was my favorite so sad that he died but we do get to see him and i was like oh thank god yeah super weird it's so funny which we'll talk about this as we get into that but when they throw in randy i'm like that doesn't even make sense how you threw him in there but they know that Right. But then also before you even see him, you're sitting there like, okay, so you know Randy explained the first one. You know Randy explained the second one. Who is going to explain the third one to us? Because we got to have some horror geek that's going to do this. Randy. (laughs) Randy did it again. They figured out how to make it happen, which is, it was so, like in any other film, you would have been like, that was stupid. But in this one, it works, Mm -hmm. you know, and they make it work. They make you like it, I guess. I mean, some people don't. Like, the the reviews are definitely people did not really take to this one as well as they took to the second one. The second one had pretty decent reviews. And I think that that's just pretty typical. As you continue to harp on a series over and over mm-hmm. and over, people like it less and less every time it comes out. So this is a little... I don't know. I like the sequels more. Well... It's got a 37% audience score, so, you know, you know, 
I'm sorry. I guess I'm alone, but I am having <laughs> way more fun with Scream 2 than I did the original, and I liked Scream 3. I thought that was pretty fun, too. I mean, the, the critics gave it a 40, so that's a little bit higher, but still not much, you know? And I think that one of the things about the the sequels are in the original one it is like a whodunit you're trying to figure it out it's much more serious but when mm-hmm. you have sequels like this you can let go a little bit more mm-hmm. yeah you still care about the characters but it is like when Wes Craven did Scream it was you know obviously there was an air about it not being as serious because you had all these horror movie rules that mm-hmm. he was talking about but it was still a commentary film on horror movies. These, he's just like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Yes. But I like that even he gets made fun of in this film. We have a horror director that, you know, is known for these horror movies that gets made fun of basically as Wes Craven. And he was almost going to play that director part. Right. And maybe that's why this gets lost a little bit. Like one of the reviews says, virtually none of the craftsmanship of Craven's best is on display here. And what good ideas do turn up are largely recycled from previous efforts. I feel like that's the whole thing though. Mm -hmm. I think that that's maybe, this is from a top critic, you know, this scream has been widely marketed as the series final installment better late than blah, 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 merely adheres to the very convoluted whodunit formula that it outwardly addresses via a form, the grave video recording. I mean, you know, I get that, but that's the point. I, I just, I feel like that's the point of the whole thing. And when you just watch it for fun and these, even the actors and the characters understand that they're making another one right now mm-hmm. or it's wrapped. I'm not sure COVID may have fucked the shit up. I guarantee you it's going to be just as not taken seriously. Yeah. I find that hilarious though, you know, because we are watching these that are so old. I mean, this was 2001, 20 years ago. And to look at it and go, oh, that was going to be the last scream. And then to know that there are two more after. It's like, no, no, you're wrong. You're always wrong. Every time people are like, this is the last one. It's never the last one. Yeah. And at, right now, obviously, we have Scream 4. And then we're going to have another one. It's just so interesting that these... And obviously, like, the fact that people, you know, didn't receive it super well didn't stop the fourth one. Or the right. one that's going to come out soon people still love these franchises like it's we're still gonna have 20 freaking jason Voorhees movies you know halloween right it's still gonna go on forever as people you know fall in love and continue to love these franchises people love ghostface and it's because slashers don't have to be intelligent like some paranormal films right i'm not saying they're not like you, you you have to be a smart filmmaker to make a film in general but a slasher formula literally as they talk about them in these films is a formula it's so basic yes you, you can have twists about the killer and it can be surprising and you can have the audience try to figure it out the whole time. That's fun. You literally have board games and video games about it. Yes. But it's still inherently the same throughout all of these movies, not just scream, but just all of them in general. There are a few deviations. Of course, there's always going to be an exception to the rule, but very rarely does that happen. And that's fine. 
that's what this genre is. That's why people love it. And that's why they're fun. You just want to go in, see some violence. And then the whole time have your brain working to try to figure it out. Could you be a detective in this situation? Could you survive this situation? We actually were talking about a game that we came across that sometimes people play and you get a group of your friends together. You watch just like the cheesiest fucking horror movie you can find that nobody's ever seen like over the top and you make a list and you try to figure out like who do you think is going to die first and then it's like a race to see whose character is going to die first and so then you're like screaming at the screen the whole time like get him get him get him and then whoever's character dies first wins like that's why these movies are so fun Mm -hmm. and also this is also why like some people hate horror because it's like oh my god like you were just like rooting for people to die and it's like don't don't do that okay but you're also rooting to figure out who the killer is like i spent most of the time going oh it's them oh it's him oh it's fucking her oh is it two people again yeah like that's the fun part for me is trying to figure out who done it yeah like i was you know going back and forth but they really want you to think it's this person and Mm -hmm. it definitely could be because sometimes films do that they like really want you to think it's this person and so you as the viewer are going they really want me to think it's that person so i bet you it's not and then they they're like oh it is that person they want me they wanted to throw me off by making me think it's that person so i'm gonna think it's somebody else but then it was that person or is it but this one doesn't help because west craven did three separate endings so even the cast and crew didn't know who the right person was so as soon as they didn't know until the mask came off, which lines they needed to say. <laughs> Basically, they did like even right in the beginning. So right in the beginning, we have our cotton guy who, you know, was framed for murder of Sydney's mom. He is in the car. He's in Hollywood now. He's making a career for himself. They even did that scene two separate ways so that it matched up with the rest of the film. Well, that's really I like that because I think that it's important for the cast and crew to also be not get bored yes i love when directors do that stuff yeah i mean and wes craven too like he's just great at what he does you know yes so in this film like i we've already talked about we have pretty much all of our characters back and then we also introduce some new ones so we start out with like kristen just said cotton weary lives in los angeles now think back he was like she said the one framed for sydney prescott's mother's murder but it ended up not being him and he gets a phone call and the caller wants to know where Sidney Prescott is and Cotton's like no no we're not gonna we're not gonna do that but then the killer goes to Cotton's home and kills him and his girlfriend and so now that Cotton is dead it basically blows the the top off of this case all over again for the third time (laughs) so Which is so sad because obviously us as viewers, like you've seen two of these movies now, you just want poor Sydney to have a, <laughs> to be happy. Yeah, to just get to move on with her life. She's so traumatized, and at this mm-hmm. point in her life, she's working at a women's crisis center, but she works from home because she is just hiding, and she even uses a fake name. Yes, I mean she's so traumatized. She's just isolated for the entire, and I don't blame her because, like, I would also. Oh, hells yeah. Like, she has been targeted twice now. I would absolutely be a hermit all by myself. Yeah. I mean, I hermit, generally speaking, with no reason. (laughs) Right. So, if if somebody was coming after me to kill me, you bet I would fake name, move Uh countries, states wouldn't even be enough. I'd try to figure out how to go to a different country. 
yeah, we even find out that Dewey has hidden her stuff. Like, there's no folder on Sydney attached to the other murders. Nothing. He has taken her freaking stuff and hidden it because nobody knows who is going to do what. Which is smart because somebody does try to break in and get her file. Yes. So, later. So, it's important. So, this detective, his name is Kincaid. And I was like, he looks so familiar. And he's that doctor that everyone thinks is hot on Grey's Anatomy. Anyways. Yes. So, that detective contacts Gail Weathers because he wants her help to discuss the murders. And so, she travels to Hollywood where she... Because they're filming this Stab 3 movie. And so he goes, she goes to Hollywood where she finds Dewey working as an advisor on the set of Stab 3. And they clearly have not talked in a while. They were together, if you remember, in the last one. But have since very much broken up. Yes. Which, in real life, Courtney Cox and David Arquette married, had a daughter which I'm sure most people know, but I was looking at my trivia. It was kind of cool. So they flirted on Scream 1. They started dating on Scream 2. And then they were actually married right before Scream 3. They actually cut their honeymoon short to come back to film this movie. That's cute. I know. Isn't that adorable? I love that. You know, it's not cute. Her fucking bangs in this movie. Terrible! Oh my god! It was like, what was going on with them? Like, cut, like, don't do them at all, or have them longer. But And then they're, like, all, like, shredded. It was terrible. It's so funny, because somebody made fun of them on, like, Twitter or something, and she was like, hey, man. <laughs> like, 2000. It, they are so bad. I, hope I don't they're... remember that being a thing in 2000, I'm just saying. I, I've never seen that, except on, like, a botched, like, at-home, like, whoops Yes! Thing. It looks like she fucked up, and nobody went to fix it. Oh, God. It was so bad. So, they, they're they in Hollywood, and her and Dewey are fighting, and Dewey has this thing with the actress who plays Gail Weathers, so he just cannot stay away from Gail Weathers mm-hmm. in one way or another. And so they're both jealous of the other, which is kind of funny, because it's not like Dewey is like this super suave, like, you no, know. He's like goofy. a nerd, dorky guy, whatever. But this Hollywood actress and then this, you know, reporter that's also doing this like journalism teaching circuit that's kind of a big deal now are like fawning over him which is so funny i love that for him (laughs) (laughs) but this series is obviously based on the ghost face murders but this so using a voice changer ghost face somebody comes to the set and it's this woman named sarah and she is just kind of she's an actress in the movie but she's like she's basically drew barrymore i think in like the first she's just one of the first kills yeah she's like pissed about her part because she's like in the shower and then she has to get out of the shower and answers a phone call and she's like not super happy that she has to be like this she doesn't like her character she wants it to be deeper but it's like okay you're in a slasher girl it's not yeah i would be fine to be that like that'd be cool with me i would prefer not to be naked but you know whatever so this she goes to the like director's office and the director called her there but he didn't because this guy has a voice changer and so she's in this office alone and over the 
the phone, this guy is like, hey, I'm running late, but let's go ahead and run your lines. And she's like, okay, fine. And they're running lines. And he all of a sudden, like, changes it up on her and basically threatens her. Right. And I have a, I have a thing. So Sarah. I have a thing. Immediately. He says something like, this is the part where, like, I rip Sarah's gut. Blah, blah, blah. She has this fear response immediately, knowing it's real and screaming and throwing the phone and running away. I just don't know. Like, if I heard that on the phone, yeah, I'd be like, that's fucking weird. My fight or flight is not that quick to respond to things, I don't think. Agreed. Like, well... I mean, they have lost Cotton at this point, which you know he was supposed to be a part in the film. So maybe. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's what it is. But I just was like, you know, I don't know. Like, if somebody called and said that, especially working on a slasher, I'd probably think they were just trying to scare me, especially that's part of this killer's thing. But yeah. maybe because Cotton died, I guess. I, I just, like, she immediately freaks out and runs and hides from a killer. And I'm like, hmm. But again, you know. Yeah. So, she gets killed. She gets murked. And Sydney's only 22 at this point. I feel like she should be older after three movies, but, you know. Yeah. She's a crisis counselor, and... She thinks that the killer is going to strike again. She's just like convinced that this is never going to be over. And the killer does call her and starts taunting her, forcing her out of hiding. So she also has to go to Hollywood. That eventually happens. The other people don't want her there. So the people have like, can you call Sydney? Can you get her here? And Dewey's like, no, mm-hmm. we're not going to get. He's it. trying so hard to protect her. Like keep her there. She doesn't need to be part of this. You know, no. So I will say like I would want to be part of it like if all this was going on and nobody was telling me I would want to know mm-hmm. like somebody Agreed. better fucking tell me well I mean he's eventually gonna fucking try to find her and go after her which happens yeah so somebody better fucking tell me y'all better let me know if I'm about to die or if somebody's gonna try to come after me mm-hmm. so he does have to go out of hiding and he she has to go to Hollywood but the some of the cast of Stab 3 goes to the house of the girl that is playing Gail Weathers. I think it's her house. And she has this bodyguard and this bodyguard and Dewey like try to macho up to each other, which is funny, but I guess it doesn't really matter. These stupid motherfuckers. Okay. The killer is kills the bodyguard and they figure that out because the bodyguard has enough strength to like wander to them and show him that he's going to die. And then he dies. Everybody just starts screaming and freaking out and the killer cuts the power, but he faxes them. Yes. And they keep going back in and I'm like, what the, why do you want to know that's fucking bad? Is it a thing that can you fax without power? It's a phone line. That's true. I guess. I mean, way back when just, if you have, you know, hooked in phone lines, it should have been okay. I don't know. I don't know enough about fax machines, I guess. <laughs> but it's like this, he's sending them like a fake script about which one he's going to have mercy on. And he's like, it's only going to be one. And he's sending like just one page at a time. And Dewey and Gail are like, okay, let's run. 
Let's go. Let's get the yeah, fuck let's out get of this the house. Fuck out. And the other ones are like, no, we need to see who's going to die. And there's this one guy who's like, I just can't leave. I can't leave. It's still coming. And so he goes back in the house and it's like, whoever smells the gasoline is I'm going to show mercy to because it's going to be quick. Right. Right. The whole fucking oh. house explodes. <laughs> When I say the whole house explodes, I mean the whole fuck. This is a big ass house, and in, in one, and I'm like, I don't think that's how that works. I mean, I think that the house would catch on fire, and like a part of it would explode. Yeah, like he would have to have had that gas going for so long, because like as soon as they opened the door to run out, that let out like the living room stuff. Right. No, Unless I they had the front you. door open already because they saw the guy. Yeah, and then you would totally smell that because it would be in the whole house. Yeah. So I'd probably take a section of it, yeah. But Right, yeah. right. But the whole thing, like from above, you just see the whole gigantic house. Yeah. The boom. And at this point, I was like, okay, so it's the one that is playing Gail Weathers, and it's the little ingenue, naive girl that's playing Sydney. I get it. It's them. They're They're teamed up together. That's not what happens, but I was already thinking that. Right. So then we have a few cast members left. The girl that plays Sydney is fucking weird. Yes. Yes, she is. She's black. You know, we have, and then just like a couple random little friends left. Now we have, we're back on set and Gail wants to do some investigating of the archives because the killer has been leaving photos of Sydney's mom at every single kill. But yes. of her when nobody knew her, it seems like. Yeah, like modeling type shots. At the same studio that they're at. Yes. So it's really weird. It adds this like element that nobody knows. So Randy's, they're walking around set and then Randy's sister just pops out of a trailer. And it's like, yes, no, it makes no sense at all. At all. None. Like so. I would have accepted it more if they had like, sent them the tape or something why did this random sister need to be or maybe they gave her the part of randy and just made him a female at some point i don't know like but it made no sense but that's just one of the things they did they were like i don't know throw it in there we don't care right so this is the sister of randy who was murdered at college in the last movie and says, I have a videotape that Randy made before his death. So he basically this videotape of Randy says, if you're seeing this, I died. And it's like, okay. And now you're in a trilogy and the killer has come back. And I want you to see this. And she said, okay, you know, the rules of a sequel. Well, if this is a trilogy, they don't apply. Forget everything, you know, and everything I told you. And I was like, I know a ton about horror, but I love like that he can just spell out these rules because I don't know if yeah. I'd be like that quick to think about, okay, this is a trilogy. So this is what we do. This is what we don't do. You know what I mean? I was at, it was funny because I had just watched Scream 3 and then like a few days later, Connor and I were not talking about the movie. We were talking about something else and we were talking about another trilogy of something. I don't know. It was maybe Terminator or something. And he made a comment without me saying shit of basically what Randy's saying of that trilogies are different and you always go back in time in a trilogy and you know the the rules don't apply these are the things Connor was saying and I was just looking at him smiling I was like I just watched Scream 3 and that's exactly what they were talking about yep 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 (laughs) and he was he was telling them like the past is going to come back to haunt you everything you thought you knew you don't know shit the killer Mm -hmm. is not going to be who you think it is 
And he's saying any of them, including the main character who is Sydney, could die. So, like, in the sequel, he said, no, nah, Sydney's not going to die. Mm-hmm. But in this one, he's like, yeah, Sydney, you, could, you can fucking die. Well, yeah, so. especially if it's just a trilogy to wrap that shit up. There are so many main characters that die. Oh, yeah. And we don't know that there's going to be five of them yet. Who knows? Sydney could go. Yeah. Yeah, the only one I can think of, like, as, as far as, like, a trilogy goes where, like, main characters don't die... The Hobbitses made it in fucking <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Made it. The Hobbitses. <laughs> the Hobbits is precious. So I put in capital letters Randy and his trilogy rules. <laughs> and it's and that oh, that's when I made a note. Like it's so funny to me how in these movies they just put stuff in conveniently without giving a fuck. Like Randy's sister just pops the fuck out mm-hmm. on a closed set. They just Yeah, it's so random too. They're just walking past a trailer and she just pops out. Yeah. And it's the oh. girl for fucking Princess Diaries. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mia's friend. I was like, oh, yes. where did you go after you stopped acting in like 2001? I need an attitude adjustment. Yeah. I love her. So they go into this. So Gail and Gail Weather, the actor, the one that plays her, basically they don't like each other, but she's like, hey, I'm going to stay with you because that way. Uh, it, the killer is coming after them in the order that they die in the movie, but there are, they even say in this movie, there are like three different versions of the script. So they don't know which one mm-hmm. the killer has, which exactly seemed real in real life too, obviously. It was. Yeah. And so. That was actually one of their jokes about the movie. Yeah. And so Gail, the actress that plays Gail is like, I'm going to stay with you because if he's coming for Gail next, maybe he'll just kill like the real one. Right. So her he name wants the real people. Yeah. Her name is Jennifer. And so they go down in this archive thing because they're, they want to do some research on Sydney's mother and see if she has anything on her. I, when I tell you, I looked at that archivist and I was like, <gasps> Carrie fucking Fisher <laughs> yep. had a cameo in scream three. I did not fucking know that. And they even talked about it. They were like, you look like and she's like princess leia i know yep i tried but i didn't get it or something she's like you can only get it if you slept with george lucas and i was like (gasps) i love carrie fisher she was Mm -hmm. such a gem she was a feminist she oh my god i and when i saw her i was just so i was like i don't really this the rest of this movie could be garbage and i love it because like that was because she's in it (laughs) that was such a good cameo i loved it really was oh so they go down there and they bribe her with first gail tries a 50 dollar like bill and she's like are you fucking kidding me and then the other woman the other woman like is now into it she's like i'm gonna be part of this investigation yeah so she gives her a ring that's worth like two grand and so she shows them that the she actually went by another name sydney's mom did and she tried she starred in like these horror films that actually the director not director he was the producer Mm -hmm. of stab three did in his early days so interesting interesting they were like oh shit maybe it's that guy that's the killer i mean we're gonna go back in time yeah exactly so dewey gail and jennifer go and confront that guy and he's like yeah i mean like i figured it out that i knew her but i'm not the one doing this shit you know 
Mm-hmm. And then we figure out that the Roman, this Roman guy was the director. We've seen him a few times. He was a suspect because he called Sarah, the one that got killed. But we figured out that, or we think we figured out that it was just a voice changer because this ghost face character, we, he's been using a voice changer throughout all of these films, but the one he has now is so advanced. Yes. He can turn into anyone's voice and make it sound exactly like them. So Dewey, Gale, and Jennifer and the remaining cast, Angelina and Tyson, go to a birthday party for Roman. Now, Dewey, Gale, and Jennifer weren't going to go, but they got a phone call from Sydney that wasn't actually from Sydney that she was going to go. Now, Sydney's been hanging out with this detective, and this detective is super weirdly interested in Sydney and her mom and everything. So... They're laying down clues that it might be this detective. Right. Patrick Dempsey. Yep. They've also laid down clues that the one that played Sydney in the movie was weirdly obsessed with her. And he also got caught in the bathroom with a ghost face costume. Right. So a couple things. And the killer has already found Sydney and chased her through a set. So lots of things. Lots of things happening here. (laughs) <laughs> but it's really like this it's very similar to the other scream movies like people are getting calls you think a lot of people are suspicious and because sydney suspects everyone well yeah at this point and you know because she, she's seen in the first one and the second one like you never know anybody right i mean it was her boyfriend in the first one it wasn't the guy she thought it was in the second one it was his fucking mom like, and some random douche she went to school with yeah. that was a friend of her boyfriend's. Like, who the hell knows who it could be? The fuck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so she's, everyone is suspicious, but especially this cop has a whole file on her, like, has her file and is like all these articles. So she's like, okay, this cop is suspicious. And also, this girl is suspicious. And so they're going to this party because the killer called them as Sydney and lured them there. But we know Sydney didn't make this phone call at this point. So we go to this party in this big mansion. It's the producer's house. And he has, I love this. I would make, so I would modernize it a little bit. But like if I could have this like kind of aesthetic in this house, bet. Oh my God. The movie room. <sighs> the Dude, movie room. the movie room. Big bar, big. The push- couches would have to go, but everything else. Yeah, big bar, big giant screen at the front. Yes, with those big old-fashioned red curtains that used to go, oh, yes, yes. Mm, Yeah, it's good shit, man. So they go there, and obviously Ghostface is there, and they split up. Because they do, because slashers. Because it's a slasher, (laughs) right? Yeah, so they split up, and... People start dropping dead. So Gail finds Roman's body. That's the director in the basement. Angelina, that was the one that played Sydney's character. She gets murdered. So we know it's not her. But also do we? Because a lot of these kills are off screen. So we don't know if it is another, like, team-up thing of, yeah, I'm killing you, just scream type thing. Exactly. And that's another thing, too, with all these rules we've had in these other Scream movies before. Mm Mm-hmm. Have we? Right. Interesting, interesting, interesting. (laughs) 
So then we have, we see her dragged away at least downstairs. And then mm-hmm. we have this other character. His name is Tyson. He attempts to fight Ghostface, but the killer throws his body off a balcony. So he did. And then Jennifer, the one that plays Gail, tries to... There's a bunch of secret passages in this house, too, but Ghostface kills her. And it's so close, too, because she's on the other side of this mirror, this double-sided mirror, and she can see Dewey and Gail on the other side of it, just kind of chilling in that room while the killer's coming after her. And she's, like, banging on the mirror, but they can't hear her. They can only kind of see the mirror moving, and they start to shoot it out. But by the time they get to her, it's too late. Yeah. This is such a fucked up mansion. Like, why would you have all these secret places other than to, well, we already found out, basically host these parties and rape these women? Which is what happened to Sydney's mom. Yeah. So you get them in these closed-in spaces or these, you know, weird through-bookshelf areas, and they don't know what's going on or what's happening, and you get them drunk and... Then you just have your way with them and let all your producers. And I am sure, I absolutely believe that this is a real old Hollywood thing and probably new Hollywood thing. I'm sure Weinstein had tons of these in his house. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's just different ways to do it now. You don't need secret passages. Right. You know, gross. Yeah. Or maybe you do. Maybe you can have both. Killer calls Sydney and says that they have, the killer has Gail and Dewey. And she's like, well, how do I know that you actually have them? And that it's not just a voice thing. And he's like, well, I do. So you should just come, you know, he, she hears and, you know, and they're like, no, don't come. And they're screaming (laughs) in the background, all this shit. But she goes because she's a good friend and she grabs a gun, a side piece from the, desk of the detective she's at and she's so smart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so fucking smart this is another thing at at first i was like oh she should have done this and then she ended up doing that so i was like ah good 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 smart Mm -hmm. because you're like you want her to be as smart as you think she is and then she is right like she's our she's our final girl she's got to be smart exactly so she goes to the mansion and of course ghost-faced is is there obviously because he's waiting and when she gets there the killer says hey um you have to metal detector yourself because i want to make sure you don't have a gun and you're like no but this is i was like i would have brought two so i could throw him off the one mm-hmm. well she fucking does because yep she's she's smart and she knows this shit she's been through this twice now so she throws he's like throw it in the pool so she does and he goes in or she goes in and faces ghost face and so basically it's just like a cat and mouse game again and they end up in the screening room and he locks her in with this remote which is also really gross that that exists yep and also a real fucking thing hello matt lauer yeah oh god the button it's so scary being a woman man yeah So, locks her in, and then that he basically reveals himself as Roman. Yes. The director from Stab 3, who has, the cops even had, they were like, we're taking you into custody. And he's like, oh my god, they're just trying to ruin my movie. Yeah, it's him. It It was him the whole time. 
He faked his death and survived being shot because she did shoot him because he had a bullet, bulletproof vest on. So Roman says that she is Sid, he is Sydney's half brother born, born to their mother and when she was an actress in Hollywood and 4 years ago he had tried to reunite with her but was rejected because she had a new family and everything. And so Roman would like film all the men that she went around with and he showed Billy Loomis the footage of his father with her which motivated him to kill her. And that's how all of this set off the string of murders and, you know, mm-hmm. started ruining Sydney's life. So that's kind of how it's so interesting because you think like, how are they going to continue these screen movies with all those plot points that tie mm-hmm. together? They figure it out somehow. Right. Even if it's a little far fetched and out there, they figure out how to tie it in. But when he found out how famous Sydney was, he basically had to lure her out of hiding. Right. So it wasn't the cop. The cop showed up, but he got subdued, unfortunately. But then Roman tells Sydney of his plan to frame her for the murders because he has the producer all tied up, which he deserves to die anyways. Right. But he slits. Oh, which our producer is Lance Henriksen, by the way. Another horror movie face. Mm-hmm. And Sydney tells Roman that, you know, basically you need to take some fucking responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. Just yeah, just like Billy, just like all you can't even take responsibility. I'm like, that's right, girl, get yeah. in. And she fucking fights back hard. She's like, I have been through this before. You know what? None of them do take fucking personal responsibility. Right. They just blame everyone else for their fucking problems. <laughs> right. And she fights back. And she, I mean, obviously, she's our final girl. She does not die. She ends up stabbing Roman in the chest. And this part pissed me the fuck off because he's still wearing a bulletproof proof vest he still has that motherfucker on and she just like stabs him in the chest and thinks that it's done no no i also didn't like the fact that he like reached out to hold her hand as he died i'd be like no 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 you have ruined my life right i don't you also, don't deserve that kind of right like fuck off yeah also before she even kills him there's a point when she's hiding behind the bar and she reaches out to grab him first and she stabs him in the back. She actually missed her mark and actually got him. So that scream is real. She stabbed him? Yep. Oh, shit. Well, yep. Good thing he's okay. <laughs> right? You can paralyze somebody doing that shit. I know, man. So I don't, people are I don't actually, think it goes in very far. But I was about to say, people are actually out here stabbing people in movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just make sure you do it in the right place. That's a lot of trust to put in somebody. Fucking A, right? Mm. Mm-mm. I thought they were supposed to be floppy. Right? <laughs> or like retractable, you know, where they go back in on them. Oh, I guess they got a stick somehow. True. Mm. Yeah, F that. Mm. Mm. So, he basically... Dewey and Gail finally get into the room. They were really pissing me off because I know that they were trying. They couldn't get in because he had the thing, but they cut the power finally and figured it out and they couldn't find the thing to open it with. And I was like, there's only like one or two things left on there to do it with. Right. She had literally pulled all the fucking books off the fucking shelf, except for the one that's sitting there. Maybe like move it. And I know part of it was because he put those bars up, but then, like, after those went away, I was like, it's the one that's left. Pull it. (laughs) Right. God. So 
he's down and then of course he gets back up but dewey's shooting him in the chest but sydney's like shoot him in the head and then he does and then now he's dead which is so irritating because yeah he's literally walking at you as you're shooting like four or five things into his fucking chest maybe think for yourself for a second move it up what am i doing here that gets not productive right so basically the end scene here is at sydney's house dewey proposes to gail and she accepts and sydney is on a walk with her dog and she leaves her gates which are previously alarmed and closed open and she goes back inside with dewey and gail and detective kincaid are they together i don't know he seems kind of right. old for her but you know <laughs> there's four of them so whatever and as she goes in, her front door blows open, but she just walks away, leaving it, which before that would freak her out. And she is confident that the murders are over. But then we have a fourth one, and now we're in production for another one. So clearly, <laughs> she was wrong. Right. But I don't know. I haven't seen the fourth one, so I don't know how they bring that back around. So I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did pretty well at the box office. I mean, they. I think they all do. You know, I mean, yeah. the budget was forty million and it made one hundred and sixty-one point eight. So good for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love to be like Neve Campbell. Like, I would love to be like the head of a horror franchise. I would come back for every single one, and whether mm-hmm. it was good, shitty, I don't even give a fuck. Right. I don't give a fuck. And wasn't her first film The Craft? Was it? I think I don't so. know if it was her very first, but probably very early. No, well, it, her first things were TV, but her first feature film was The Craft. Damn. Nice. That's right. Horror. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I really like slashers that are, like I said, I don't know what makes it, because I'm not a huge fan of the Friday the 13th series. I think I like this one because... There is a time and a place for, like, throwaway characters that you don't really care about and a bunch of just, like, sex and whatever. But I like mm-hmm. narratives more Agreed. than I like just the throwaway. You know what I mean? I mean, you know I know what you mean because that's exactly why I get mad at Halloween. I like the Laurie Strode story. Yeah. I mean, and I like just Lori in general because I think they personalize her. And what they don't do in Friday the 13th is personalize the character so you know even for me like when Lori's not like the the sister story I think they personalize her enough to where she's mm-hmm. likable and you root for her and in Friday the 13th it's just like kill him so you like Jason more which is totally fine like I can get behind right. that too and I do like that when I'm in certain moods but like that's why I think these are so fun even when they're at Scream 2 and Scream 3 like you obviously are watching them for a certain reason and it's not for them being like you know cinematic masterpieces right you know but it definitely was and unfortunately this is a harvey weinstein film so yeah it, ha- it was actually reevaluated after the 2017 you know because more there there is some discussion about you know Maureen's character and what happened to her and when you look at it through that lens it's kind of interesting that all that was going on and that was happening in this film 
you know, mm-hmm. commentary going on there. Yeah, it almost makes you think, like, was Wes Craven trying to say something? Maybe. I mean, if he was and he didn't say shit, then fuck him. <laughs> or maybe that it was right. just, I don't know. But the fact that Weinstein was like, yeah, I'm going to produce this. Hey, <laughs> hey. Fuck mm-hmm. you. <laughs> fuck yeah. that guy. He didn't think he was doing anything wrong. He was never going to get caught. Because the poor Pre- Maureen Prescott, they really, like, I know that she was having affairs, which not cool, but they really slut-shaped that woman. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like, that's fucked up. And then talking about how she was raped and all this sort of stuff, it's just awful. So just interesting little lens to look through there now that we know what we know. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that deep, but well, that is, but this movie on the surface, I guess you could look at it from that point of view, but that's not what the movie tried to do. It wasn't trying to make commentary like that. It was trying to blame a woman for all these men's stupid little fucking problems, though. Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah. Like, what would you grade this one? I'd probably say like, you know, I wouldn't give it like a solid four, but I wouldn't say I'd say three was a little because I had a pretty I had a lot of fun. So I'd say like a three and a half or so. Yeah, agreed. Like I said in the beginning, I I'm liking the sequels to Scream more than I'm liking the original. But this was still probably just middle of the road three. But I, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, no, it is definitely a lot of fun. I'm I'm interested to see you know, how four is in the comparison and how they continue with the, when the new one comes out, I'll be, I'm assuming that's still coming out. I haven't heard anything different, but I also don't know of a release date. Let me, let it's me next see. year, next year. Okay. Tw- yeah. Oh, so it's actually perfect. Cause we'll be doing scream four next year. You know, if we keep going with the series and five comes out right away, that'll be great. Yeah. Maybe we can do them in conjunction or something, depending mm-hmm. on when that falls in. So it's literally just going to be called scream though. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be Scream. It's not five. It's also known as Scream Five, but they are just releasing it as Scream. Mm. Scream twenty twenty two. So it's gonna be like Halloween twenty eighteen. This is just gonna be Scream twenty twenty two. Oh, that's just the thing we're doing now. I guess. <laughs> oh my god, people are such copycats. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, Courtney Cox. Is it? I mean, they're bringing back. They're bringing people back. So mm-hmm. that's that's exciting. It is. Directed by, let's see who this director is now that we're talking about it. I'm just curious because, you know, taking on a Wes Craven, that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did VHS. Interesting. Hmm. I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mm, I did not like that. But he's an interesting creative dude, I guess. He did Ready or Not. Okay. He did South Ready or Not was good. Yeah. Let's see. So, yeah, the big ones are Ready or Not, Southbound, and VHS. He also did Devil's Do, which I don't know if anybody's seen that one. It's weird. Great. She gets pregnant by the devil. It's kind of graphic. So A lot of people didn't like it. I don't remember if I liked it or not. I just remember being whack. So (laughs) it'll be interesting because, like, how does – I'm interested to know how, like, one good – I'm not saying – that you know i don't know really much about southbound vhs is weird but like doing ready or not which was like not bad gets you scream uh-huh do you know like how does that work in hollywood like what right. you just put a bid in and they're like sure right no problem who do you know like you know what i mean how do you how do you get those big projects like that i think most people most directors are asked to do stuff yeah so somebody probably liked the other things that he's done especially ready or not coming out recently maybe it was that one yeah, I mean, I really liked Ready or Not, if you guys remember when we could go to the theater. Yeah, that was a good movie. 
Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for this review of Scream 3. Of course, you can hang out with us on all of our socials. Everything is The Extra Sisters Podcast, except for Twitter, which is at The Extra Sisters. And if you would like to hang out with us on Patreon and join our little Patreon family for as low as a dollar a month, you can head over to patreon.com slash The Extra Sisters Podcast. Yes, thank you guys so much. And next time, a story of unnatural love and unnatural death. Till then, stay creepy.